This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. We're on the line with the Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, also the Director of the Bayes Nordia Center for Public Theology. It's Professor Dion Foster. Morning, Dion. Trust all is well? I am doing just great. I must say, Brad, Mm -hmm. with uh, a three-rand a litre petrol increase, I'm really grateful that I can ride my bicycle. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's just crazy even to try and fathom and understand. It's just mad. But uh, what can we do? But bicycles (laughs) are the way to go. The Lord will provide, Brad. The Lord will provide. Amen to that. We have a quick question for you before we get into your clean versus unclean living. If you don't mind, we're a bit confused here. We were talking about... Uh, when God said that they wanted to go and uh, check out Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham said, well, if you can find, and then he negotiated all the way down, if you can find just 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you spare it? But he's having this conversation with one of the three strangers that visited him and Sarah in the tent, and he refers to one of them as the Lord. And I was reading a little something somewhere, and it was suggesting it may have been Jesus. Uh, and, and, And our listeners were feeling a bit confused this morning, so we thought... Uh, was it God? Was it Jesus? Who was he talking to? Uh, and the same person said that when he comes back in a year, Sarah would be pregnant. We're a bit confused. Could you quickly help us? Yeah, Brad. So just to say that the, that um, kind of reading of the Hebrew Scriptures is not uncommon amongst Christians, you uh-huh. know, because we we already know what, what the end is. We know what the promise is. We know... Uh, who the God of Israel is, and that He would become incarnate in Jesus Christ. It's not uncommon for Christians to to look back into you know the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, the Tanakh, and see the presence of Jesus in different narratives and even in different ways. So that's that's not uncommon. Mm. Um, but I can say that for the original authors, they would not yet have had that particular understanding. You know, they they didn't yet have that the sort of uh, provenient insight to know who Jesus would be, what uh-huh. the Messiah would be like. So, you know, we can read it backwards in that way. We can say, wow, with our understanding, we, it's possible that that, that is, you know, the, the way in which we can see it. But certainly the original authors, uh, they wouldn't have had that, that knowledge. But yeah. again, that, that's one of the gifts about the Scriptures, because we know even though they were written by people, you know, that uh, 2 Timothy 3 uh, passage, you know, that says to us that that all Scripture is God breathed. Yes. It, it has the breath of the Spirit in it. That even though that may not be sort of um, a, a, a correct textual critical reading of the text, it doesn't mean that God can't speak that word to us. You know, yes. that God can't say, "You see, Jesus is present here." You know, the Lord is present even in these conversations. Mm. It was a tricky one to figure out was God just deciding to walk and talk with Abraham in a way that we would think it was a man, uh, as opposed to, you know, God said to Moses uh, to go and do something which we assumed he was hearing somewhere, somehow. It's difficult for us to figure out how was God present there with Abraham. But Brad, you know, this is, this is something so beautiful. It's actually, you know, amazing. I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I just, over the last, maybe two weeks had hmm. just this incredible growing hunger in in my in my soul just to to be close to God. I, I've yeah. had a longing to be able to to relate to God in the ways that, 
that that are understandable to me, like one mm. would be with a good friend, with yes. a trusted confidant, you know, just to be able to walk with God. And, and I think that's a good thing, you know. It's, obviously, all of our faith is mediated through our own lives, through our senses. You know, we, we, we look through our eyes and listen through our ears and touch through our hands. That's, that's how we mediate our way into the world. And I think God is gracious enough to know, Dion, this is what you need, and mm. And, and I can even meet you in those ways. And, you know, that, that is a wonderful gift. Um, just to say that, that actually is, is not unrelated yes. to uh, the passage that, that I, I spoke to you about uh, for today. Um, the lectionary reading for this Sunday, and, and our readers have heard me speaking about the lectionary before, um, many of the world's churches throughout history uh, have been using this thing called the lectionary. If you, if you read the lectionary text, uh, you'll read through the New Testament twice mm. and uh, the Old Testament once in a year. And texts get set for every day of the week and for every Sunday. And um, on this Sunday, churches throughout the world will be focusing on, on Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 1 to 18. Now, this is an incredibly <laughs> strange and interesting story. Yes. If we're talking about strange and interesting stories, it's, it's that account of, of Peter explaining to the, uh, the, the Christians in Jerusalem why he was allowing uh, uncircumcised uh, believers into the faith, why he believed the Spirit had led him to, to you know, bring people who were not Jews mm. into the faith. In fact, this is the sort of telling of the birth of Christianity, uh, not just Messianic Judaism. And it's a very, very interesting story. Now, whenever I've read it, I've always got quite caught up in this whole thing of what is clean and unclean. You know, yeah. there's that vision that Peter has of the sheep and all of the unclean animals, the things that were ritually unclean, impure to eat. And, and, and the Spirit says to Jesus, uh, the Spirit says to Peter, you know, uh, do not call anything unclean that God has made clean. It doesn't mean that everything is clean, but if God makes something clean, uh, it's permissible. And then, of course, the point of that is that the men from Joppa come and say, mm. you know, uh, our master was praying and he said, go to this house and there you'll find a man named Peter and invite him to come. And Peter goes and preaches in his house and he and his family get saved. Yeah. But Brad, the one thing that I had never quite noticed there is Acts chapter 11, verse 12. Now, <laughs> this verse, you know, every now and then there's a verse that just hits you like a 10 ton truck. Yeah. And uh, there's one little part of that verse where where Peter goes to the home of the Gentiles. He's a little bit skittish, you know, because, I mean, if this wasn't right, he would have been ritually impure. He wouldn't be able to go to the synagogue, yes. to the temple. And uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 12 says, make no distinction between yourselves and them. Do not, do not cut yourselves off from those who you think are perhaps unworthy to God or unclean. Mm. And then he goes, of course, uh, to Joppa, and, um, and, and this, is, this is one of the most wonderful things. Uh, verse 17 so says, So if God gave them the gift he gave us who believed in, in Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand wow. in God's way? Now, that thing struck me. I, I have wondered to myself, how many times have I judged certain people as unworthy or unclean, and in doing so, I've stood in the way of God's love. I, I haven't been able to, to show these persons, you know, that, that Jesus loves them. Let me, let me just give you one last little sentence on this, Brad. 
teaching theology is not an easy thing. Mm. You know, we, we have to prepare our students who are going into ministry to face all sorts of difficulties. They, we train them pastorally to be able to support marriages that will collapse, to counsel people who have lost loved ones, to face their own death. Uh, but also we have to deal with some of the, the theological heresies and controversies and half-truths and truths that we learn as we grow up. And students can often be quite unsettled, unsettled by that. Mm. And over the years, I've every now and then had students who've said to me, hey, Dion, <laughs> you know, you're a heretic. <laughs> uh, we, we, we think that, you know, that you're a little bit crazy. And, and whenever that's happened, I've always said to the Lord, Lord, the one thing I really long for is is just to remain perfect, as, as perfect as I can in love, just yeah. to be present to people so that my love will speak louder than my words. And this is the sense that I've got of Peter today. You know, he, he so longs to be obedient to God. He so desperately wants to do the thing that God wants to do that he says, Lord, please don't let my prejudices get in the way of your work. And, and I think... I need a reminder of that, mm. <laughs> excuse me, and perhaps so do, do some of our listeners. Thank you so much. That's the voice of Professor Dion Foster, all the way from Stellenbosch University. Thanks for your time this morning, Dion. Lots for us to think about, and uh, I think we'd encourage everyone to go and read through Acts chapter 11 again, all the way up until verse 18, um, and uh, try and relive just what Dion's been speaking to us about this morning. Thanks, Dion. Appreciate your time, and thanks so much for adding a little bit of extra stuff in there for our, uh, for our sake. So appreciate that a lot. Thanks, my friend. Blessings to you and blessings to our listeners. Bye then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.